Welcome to an inquiry into freedom with Ron and Alan. So Ron, I'm not sure what it is you want to talk about, but I, I was really disturbed by the story that I sent you. Because we've been talking about this for several weeks now. Oh, what story um, is that? Where the, the Democrats are, are trying to write legislation, propose a bill to ban militias. Oh, that story. Okay. All right. And, um, you know, the Democrats don't have control, and, and thank God. But we all, we all have to face reality, and at some point they will, once again, regain control. And so right now, if they propose a bill like that, unless a bunch of Republicans that are, are just as Marxist as they are, it would probably never get passed. And then even if it did, it would probably go to the Supreme Court, which is scary in and of itself. Well, yeah, I mean, that bill is blatantly unconstitutional. They're just intentionally writing something that, that challenges the Constitution, and they're taking on the point that I made last time about changing, or, or not changing, but, um, you know, when, when, when a law is passed, it immediately goes into effect, yeah. and I was suggesting that Instead of it going into immediate effect, that first, if it's something that enhances individual rights and freedom, liberty and freedom, then it goes into effect right away. And if it, there's any impingement on anyone's uh, individual liberty and freedom, then it does not go into effect until it has gone through a constitutional challenge in the Supreme Court. Because that's the exact kind of legislation that I had in mind. Something that all it takes is some low-level court guy, some judge, some clownish judge, to say, um, oh, this is constitutional. And then it goes into, you know, you know, they arrest people, they throw them in jail or what have you, and then nothing happens until it goes to the nothing happens to save them to protect their rights unless it finally ends up in the Supreme Court. And then you're rolling the dice these days. But even if they do reverse it, you've spent two or three years in jail, a small fortune, you're bankrupt, and no way to get your money back out. Of it. So that's what they're trying to do. That's kind of legislation, in my opinion. Well, the scary thing about it, though, is it, think about this for a second, and, and maybe, maybe I'm reading into it wrong. But if they ban militias, which is part of the Second Amendment, that's a gateway to ban weapons. Well, the, yeah, exactly. I mean, if they can push it that far, and they can make you know, and they and they can make that the law of the land. Well, then it makes it easier to say, okay. We got rid of militias, and the reason that we did so, based on their definition, you know, uh, the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, these were, well, these were armed militias that meant to overthrow the government. So we, 
we need to go a little bit further than that and say, so that nobody can form a militia, they don't, they don't have a right to own weapons. They mean the, the population at large. Um, so again, it, you know, when you got to be careful when, when you're, um, when your government says, hey, we're going to do something right for the country and, and right for the people and make sure that, you know, we protect, we protect, we are protecting the women and children, that there is a, a larger agenda at play. And once they get some sort of law like that passed, it just snowballs out of control. Yeah. Um, I don't know much about the Proud Boys or the Oath Keepers, but they mention those, those two specific groups in, for the reasoning of, of banning militias. And I was trying to figure out... Um, exactly how many people belong in those groups as far as, you know, how many members they have. Oh, yeah. Should we call, try to call them up and say, we want to talk to your leader? Yeah, well, the, the reason, <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. Well, you can't because he's in the gulag. He's in oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh -huh. Oh, well, we could call him in prison, or visit him in prison, yeah. Um. And just say, we want to know about the Proud Boys, because we hear all of this slander and stuff, but we we really know nothing about it, because all the everything that's in the media is just made up shit. You got a few minutes? Yeah. I mean, I haven't heard a truthful thing said about any of these militias. It's all just, oh, these are all right-wing conspiracy theory, um, white supremacist, blah, blah, blah. And there's nothing, nothing you can go check out, right? Yeah. You know, well, they, I found somewhere they, where it's they said, don't uh, even kiss babies or anything. Yeah. I found something that says there was somewhere around 211. I, I, I don't know if that's accurate. But you can't oh. sit here and tell me that 211 people are going to overthrow the government of the United States. A and be serious. Well, if I was coordinating them, they could. But, it, but <laughs> if you read some of the stuff, you know, like uh, the Anti-Defamation League. The, the Proud Boys are a right-wing extremist group with a violent agenda. Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna include the Proud Boys or the Oath Keepers, then I'm gonna argue that you better include Black Lives Matter. Well, you better shouldn't that you be better, the first one? You better include Antifa. Yeah, uh, those should be the first ones listed. Yeah, I mean for sure. Because you Asshole. can't, yeah, again, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't just cherry pick based on your ideology or your agenda what a militia is and whether or not that militia is dangerous and, and, and their, their agenda is to overthrow the government. I could say that about anybody. And this is the Anti-Defamation League defaming these people. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> isn't that ironic? Yeah. I mean, who's the who's the girl that sang? Isn't it ironic? You know. Yeah. I forget Alan, her name. Alanis Morissette. Yeah. Alanis Morissette. Yeah. It sounds like Alanis Morissette is attacking the um, Proud Boys or something like that. Anyway, never mind. Um. Yeah, that's a little ironic, I'd say. But I'd like to see I'd like to see the reports on the Proud Boys of the acts of violence that they committed. That's a good idea. I mean if you're gonna if you're gonna claim that they are uh, a North American far far right neo fascist militant organization. Um, that promotes and engages in political violence. I want to see the proof. I don't want to hear you just say that. I could say that about, I could say that about half the Democrat Party. I, I could say that about, I could say that about Chuck Schumer. Mm -hmm. He led a militia to the steps of the Supreme Court uh, regarding abortion. And he threatened the Supreme. And, he threatened the justice of the Supreme Court. Yeah, at this and at that point, said you you'll reap the whirlwind. You don't know what you've brought upon yourself. And then there was an assassination attempt. Mm-hmm. So, the pink pussy-wearing hat people, pussy hat-wearing, whatever it's called, they're a militia, are they not? I, don't they call them the grinders or something? I, I mean, does that mean they're, like, anti-penis? No, I I probably better not go into further explanation about that comment. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. They're pecker records. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you think about grinder. I mean, that's just I don't know. This uh, first thing that uh, popped into my head. I'm just, you know, I'll just let people's imaginations go. They'll sooner or later they'll wind up exactly where it's intended. Yeah. <laughs> just depends on how degenerate they are. I just really don't. I don't get. I can't wrap my mind around, you know, some of the 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 verbiage that's used when. This stuff happens on both sides. Like, n no one's better than the other. Uh, and now one is more extreme than the other. And you'd have uh, an argument between the right and the left on which one is more extreme. I mean, th there would never be any kind of consensus and agreement on that. Forget about it. Um... But when you have, when you have members of Congress 
that are proposing bills that take away freedoms that are written in the Constitution, to me, that's extreme. That's a form of yeah. extremism. Yeah, so I'd say that's a pretty good qualifier. Yeah. So if you if you want to sit here and tell me that uh, that everybody that that was in Washington D.C. on De- on on January sixth is a insurrectionist, that would be like me saying, okay, everybody that's on the left uh, are are militants because. They bombed the U.S. Capitol. Um, when, and when I say that, I'm talking about the Weather Underground. Mm-hmm. And and how many how many assassination attempts have been carried out or or tried to be carried out on Republican presidents when it comes to Democrats? Not a single one. Well, that's true. And then there was Gerald Ford and uh, Ronald Reagan, and I don't know if there was another one or not. But um, anyway, yeah, yeah. So, who, so who's the real extremists? Well, that's the thing is that it's projection, right? That it's they they accuse you of doing of what they're doing. But the worst part about but, it is, is that the media they follow right along. I mean, I'm I'm watching well, that, I'm watching a guy the other day, and he's talking about uh, he's talking about what happened in Jordan and and with the Houthis and Toothies and and all of these groups, and and he he uses the term militants. So that's just another way for for people to say, oh well, you know these these tribes that are running around and and these. You know Hezbollah and and the Houthis, whatever. Um, they're militant groups, so it paints a negative light on the word itself. And if you were to bring up, like we have multiple times on our show, forming militias, when there are there are different types of militias. Sure, there's probably militias running around that that are you know training using weaponry and all that other stuff but we've we've never advocated for violence until until and unless it absolutely came to that and and the reason that it would come to that is that the government threatened the citizens and aren't they doing that already with with you know trying to destroy our freedoms and take away our rights and it what yeah. and at what point do you decide okay enough is enough and and you know we've been our militias have been pretty silent and 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 pretty uh, patient. But the Constitution states that if the, if the government ever gets out of control and 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 becomes more powerful than we the people, then it's up to we the people to reverse that. You know. I, I, so, yeah, if anything, I would say the militias, just using the term generically, have been too patient. That's what I was the, just the saying. Ameri- yeah, mm-hmm. the American people have been too patient. Not not just patient, but too patient. Yeah. Like um, we've we've got all these guns in this country, and 
something like what? Uh, 300 million guns and trillions of rounds of ammunition. I mean, if we were the problem, we would know about it, right? Because we'd be shooting all kinds of these left-wingers. Well, and, that's and technically, it, technically, isn't Houthi and the blowships, aren't they... Aren't they really left-wing extremists and left-wing militia? Because that's those are Marxist groups um, that are associated with uh, Hezbollah and uh, and Islam. Those are all Islamic Marxist groups. Well, it makes you think um... that are tied to Turkey. Remember, Turkey was the first one where Marxism made its way into the Middle Middle East. Yeah. So, um, it seems to me those are, those are left-wing militias. Well, isn't it funny that, um, and that's a great point, because case in point, uh, what happened in Jordan, there still has been no retaliation. There, there has been, there has been no. As a matter of fact, Joe Biden hasn't even called the families of those soldiers that died. At least, uh, unless he did it um, yesterday, or not yesterday, but yeah, yesterday. Uh, well, I read, I read an article about it, and he, you know, the parents are like, we've gotten, we've gotten no call from the president of the United States. Well, all three of them are black, obviously. So, I mean, you didn't really think he was going to be calling them, right? Because he is a he is a racist. Well, I mean, not to mention what's he going to say. I mean, he, let's be honest. <laughs> you know, is he going to be able to have a conversation with them to begin with? Well, that's a good question. You know, I it mean, makes I, any damn I, sense. I don't think he can even say, uh, hello, operator. I don't think he can even do that. I don't think he could dial 867-5309. I saw a video of him. uh, And ask for Jenny. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. Well, the one thing that he has done is that he did announce today that he was signing an executive order, or maybe he already signed it, to sanction uh, Israelis who live in the West Bank. You know, Israelis and Yeah, so that may, be his, that may be his response. You know, it could be. Just saying. Maybe that is his response. And why are you sanctioning people who were attacked? Well, yeah. I mean, if you're going to do that, might as well send some, san- uh, you know, sanction Ukraine and send some aid to Russia. Good point. Yeah. Like, well, um, it's just, I don't know how something like that can come out. If it needs to happen, fine. If, 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 there need, if people in the West Bank need to be sanctioned for attacking people, I mean... I think that's Israel's business and that we need to be 
pressuring Israel if that sort of thing's going on. But regardless, if it's going on and we feel the need to do something about it, fine. But wait until after you've done something with Iran. Don't let someone like a smart ass like me do what I just did and say, oh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to hit back at Iran and I know what it's going to be. And then the next thing you do two days later or three days later, whatever, is that you sanction people in Israel. You know, because then then a smart ass can come along and say, oh, looks like you did. You did do something about it. You decided to sanction Israel instead of doing something to Iran. Because it's true. Maybe it's a false connection, but it is connected in people's minds that, you know, he cares uh, more about reigning in Israel than he cares about you know, letting Israel solve their problem or helping Israel solve their problem. I mean, the guy's just not, I don't know, the, the, the leftists, Marxists don't see the world the same way as freedom-loving people. And I guess I, I just need to realize that criticizing him for staying true to his religion uh, is a useless exercise because whatever he's doing makes sense in his mind and someone else's mind. It just doesn't make sense to my mind because I don't see how it does any good at all. Nothing he does makes any sense. Well, I got to be honest, and the left is, they're Looney Tunes, man. Uh, the other day when we when we um, finished up our show, um, I made the mistake of watching the uh, the hearings on the Mayorkas impeachment, and there was a Democrat uh, and he he's he's the one that I was talking about that's been on that committee since its inception. And they're all debating, they're arguing back and forth, you know, they all get their five minutes and then, you know, they all, they're, they're, uh, you know, it's a markup, so it's not really a vote yet for impeachment. It's all the evidence that everybody wants to enter in. And it blows me away that, that they're entering evidence from like the Wall Street Journal and you know, articles from New York Times, and it's like, these are not... It's not evidence. It's opinions. And most of them are left-wing opinions. But this guy went on to say, <laughs> if you don't laugh at this, there's something wrong with you. They were talking about the fentanyl and, and you know, the the cartels and stuff that are are basically, uh, you know, running, running the southern border. And so this guy gets his time, and, and he said, you know, we wouldn't have a fentanyl problem at the border if it wasn't a supply and demand issue. He said it's supply and demand. 
we have citizens in this country that uh, are demanding fentanyl. So you, you would think that they would want to bring that stuff across the border. And I'm thinking, man, I demand that you have some sort of freaking brain cells and find out who can supply them to you because that's the dumbest thing that I've ever heard come out of a congressman's mouth. Supply and demand is the problem at the border? Well, second to Guam tipping over. Now, he's one of these type of guys like that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were there were uh, there was a Republican that came after him, and 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 brought that up, and and just kind of, I mean, he blasted him. And of course, this guy, who, for his two and a half minutes or whatever he had, was never interrupted, and he's got to turn his microphone on and start chatting back at this guy. And he said, wait a minute. He said, I didn't interrupt you during your ignorant, uh, you know, two and a half minutes or whatever. So don't interrupt me. And he continued on and on and on. And I'm like, you know, where's the chairman of the committee? You know, why isn't he, he why isn't he uh, cutting that guy's microphone off and, and telling him you it's not your time? Yeah, you know these Republicans really, to me, are just—I I, just—they make me nauseous. What would Vito Corleone do? <laughs> or Al Capone? Or yeah, exactly. Be the last thing—the last thing that guy ever interrupted. I just, I don't understand, you know, why the Republicans are, and, and, and let's just be honest. Uh, so apparently, and I didn't know this, the uh, impeachment of a cabinet member has only happened once in our history. Yeah, that's remarkable. It is. Uh, however, they're using that. You're, you're going to pull out a, a, a stunt that that's only happened once in our entire history. You know, there's there's really no precedent for that. And uh, you know, w w what does that have to do? Then why is it gonna? What's gonna make? What's gonna make? What's going on at the border any better by removing this guy? And I'm I mean, if I'm I'm a Republican and I'm sitting on that committee and I get my turn, I turn on the microphone and I go. What's going to help? You really have to ask that? And, and they're saying, you know, there's no high crime or misdemeanor here. Maybe not. But that, that, that would be your perception, right? Or, or yeah, your own... Invasion, aiding and abetting that, invasion of the country. Yeah, well, I would mm -hmm. go even further and say, uh, you know, dereliction of duty. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is probably an impeachable offense because anybody who is derelict in their duty when they work in the private sector is usually fired. Now, we all know that Joe Biden isn't going to fire Secretary Mayorkas. 
So then somebody has to intervene and do that job. We don't have record immigration. We don't have record overdoses. We don't have record crime. We don't have, you know, schools that are so overloaded with people that don't even speak English, hospitals that are overrun, doctors that can't, they can't see uh, enough patients. There's not enough doctors, not enough teachers, not enough room, not enough resources. I mean, that in and of itself is, is enough evidence to say this guy was derelict in his duty. Whether that rises to a high crime or misdemeanor is b b beside the point. Him not enforcing the law probably does. Because well, if, you're not if you're a law officer or, or a, a, a politician who does not enforce the laws that you wrote, they're breaking the law. It doesn't mean necessarily that he's down there opening the door and, and letting, you know, hundreds of people in. But his decision-making is affecting the uh, uh, effectiveness of the border. And it's, and it's hurting people in this country. And it's deliberate. You know, that's... That's the issue, is that we've probably had so few cabinet officers removed by impeachment because when somebody's really doing that bad of a job, they're canned. You know, the president gets rid of them. Yeah. Uh, if they're truly doing a lousy job, if there's a lot of political bashing and the guy really isn't all that bad or the woman isn't all that bad and they usually stand up to him until you know this is such a distraction i need to make it go away sorry but you know i gotta let you go um but this he's doing like you were saying the other day he's doing what biden wants him to mm -hmm. You know, anyone who comes in to do that job is going to be expected to do the exact same thing he is, which is nothing. Um, so we we really don't need a homeland security person. We, in fact, we ought to just close down that department. I was going to say we don't because, really need homeland security. Yeah, if they're not going to secure the homeland, then fuck them. Close it down. You know, uh, let's not just impeach him. Let's just let's just close it down, and he doesn't have a job anymore because his department went away. I mean, uh, because if you or I got appointed to replace him, then we would be expected to do the exact same thing he is in that job. Nothing. So he's there's no there's. You know, the traditional reason somebody would be, get removed from office for being incompetent uh, don't apply here because mm -hmm. he's doing exactly what the president wants. So, you know, that, that's the only way I can explain why, why it needs to happen by impeachment. But, you know, fine. You're in the middle of trying to approve a budget here. Just don't, just don't fund Homeland Security. Yeah, close it down. Yeah, so my overall point with going with those two different subjects is who's who's the extremists? 
<laughs> I mean, who has these off-the-wall comments and off-the-wall ideas? And, and to say that we need to ban militias and that, uh, you know, the, the crisis at the border is our own fault, like we the people. Well, if you weren't doing so many drugs, you wouldn't need to have, you know, fentanyl cross the border. I mean, seriously? That is, a, that is a narcissist and a person that puts himself above everyone in the country. To sit back well, and say, we have a bunch of druggies in our country. When most of the people who die from fentanyl overdoses are accidental. That, that's a fact. Well, and it's so cheap. I mean, that's how that's how crystal meth got popular, is it was so cheap. Mm -hmm. And fentanyl is so cheap. It's it's the cheapest there is, isn't it? You know, I, I so, don't I don't really know. I don't once you get addicted to something, whatever it is, at some point you run out of money. And the cheaper it is, then the more demand there's gonna be for it. Um, I mean, to some twisted level, there's a, there's some legitimacy to the fact that, yeah, if there weren't any demand for it, then fine, but, uh, aren't you just, if you, you don't do something about it, aren't you just essentially adding to the demand problem because you're upping the supply of it? And it's so addictive that, you know, it creates its own demand. Um, yeah, these people are, I don't know, they're just deranged. I, I don't think I even want to understand them. If, if they were people I was meant to understand, then they would be able to talk in a way that any of us could understand them. But they really have something else going on that has nothing to do with a rational person. Well, I don't know if you read that whole article, but this... I did. Where it says, uh, <laughs> introduced by Democrat lawmakers, would prevent private militias and paramilitary groups from publicly patrolling, drilling, or engaging in harmful or deadly paramilitary techniques, interfering with the exercise of someone else's constitutional rights, interfering or, uh, with or interpreting government proceedings, falsely assuming the functions of law enforcement and asserting authority over others, and training to engage in such behavior. Well, first of all, you can't violate my rights to form a militia to protect somebody's others, somebody's other rights. Um, you you can't you can't remove a part of the Constitution and claim that that's violating someone's rights. 
I, I mean, unless you're going to amend the Constitution and take out militia, then I don't see how a law like that could even get past the Supreme Court. But you and I have talked about the Supreme Court, and would they even hear the case to begin with, let alone you know make a judgment on it, and determine whether or not it was constitutional or otherwise? I mean, I, I'm afraid that any time something comes up that is a constitutional, constitutionally protected right, that it goes to the Supreme Court based on their history, their recent history in either making a decision or saying, we're just not going to hear it. We'll let a lower court decide. And I'm wondering... It's bizarre that that happens. I, I don't ever recall a time where so many cases have been before the Supreme Court and they just refuse to even hear it, let alone judge on it. And I'm wondering if the, the protests and the threats and the assassination attempts and the call for, you know, a code of ethics and a call for term limits and all these things that are suddenly going against what used to be considered the last line of defense for nonsense like we're having to deal with today that they just they're afraid to make a decision either that or maybe somebody's paid their ass off Or has something on them. Yeah, because, I mean, I've never seen, you know, so many instances of, oh, we're just not, you know, we're just not going to hear, hear the case. We're just not going to make a decision. And then if we do, we don't, we, we're not going to, we're not going to explain how we, you know, came to that conclusion. Or, like you said the other day, they just picked a portion of uh, one of the cases that was recently there and just judged on that and the rest of it they they didn't even consider yeah yeah they were mute on it like they're gonna wait until the case makes it back to them and instead of under emergency circumstances if it ever does which it won't so yeah um, but you have to wonder why that is and and i threw out a few you know uh, things that I had on my mind, but I, and I don't know if that's really what's going on. But like you said, skepticism is a good thing. Questioning things is a good thing. Whether whether you want to turn it into a conspiracy theory, I could give a shit less. I have the right to know. I have the right to question why these people aren't doing their jobs. The same way that I have a right to question, you know, why the, the House and the Senate, you know, why, why aren't the three branches of government adhering to uh, one of the fundamental rules of checks and balances? Yeah, that's a pretty important thing, isn't it? Because without, you know, it, the fact that you're 
having to ask, ask that question, not having to, but that it's a valid question, tells me that, you know, you use the term last line of defense with the Supreme Court, that it ultimately, the last line of defense becomes our, our various militias, which are the last line of defense if everything else breaks down. And it's breaking down. I mean, the the orderly society ha is broken. And I don't know, the only way I see is is that we have to just ignore the possibility that the Supreme Court may uh, come out of its coma. And instead of having a couple of militias in the country who are really well uh, known as for being pummeled for being right-wing extremists and so deadly to the Republic that they, all 200 members that they have, you know, um, maybe we need a whole lot of militias in this country. A whole lot of truck drivers that are willing to drive to whatever city, you know, that we've just all become too damned complacent. Well, speaking and, uh, of that, uh, if you see what's going on in um, France and uh, what was the other country? The farmers. I don't know if you heard about that. In Holland or in... I think it was maybe Belgium. Uh, but I know France did the same thing. France not on such a greater scale. But the farmers, you know protested they parked their tractors in the road and they 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 built these hay uh barricades and they got barbecue grills out there and, and all the food they said they're not leaving and it's all because the uh the government takeover and and they don't make any money they can't reinvest in their businesses um so they they staged a a, a protest. <laughs> they're sleeping there. I mean, they're they said we've got barricades up to block the wind, and we've all got barbecue grills out here, and all the food we need. We're not going anywhere. Good. And Civil and you're talking, and, and they did it in France on a, like I said a smaller scale. But why? You know, we saw that in Canada with the truck drivers in Canada. Where the hell are the American people? You know, and is it because we keep hearing these, these stories about, uh, you know, these people that, that didn't do anything and, and, and basically were charged with trespassing or, or destruction of property, and, and they're going to prison for 10 years? Well, the people have been basically intimidated the same way the Supreme Court have. <laughs> That's what I mean. Mm -hmm. You know? Well, I it's, a, it's a good question. Uh, if that's the case, then my, what a bunch of cowards. Well, I was getting ready to say, uh, how do you reverse that kind of fear? Because... You know, if that's all it takes to put some fear into people, 
we're done for. You know, yeah, whatever, whatever, ha whatever <laughs> happened to the people that would rebel against authority that they knew was wrong? I mean, I never had it. I never have had a, a problem with rebelling against authority when they were wrong. Now, I, I guess that would be a matter of opinion of whether they're wrong or right. But I'm talking about blatant, uh, in-your-face, it's this way, or we have F-16s and nuclear weapons for you. So, so you either fall in line with us banning militias uh, and us uh, ignoring the, the crisis at the border and we release, you know, hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants into your communities. I mean, I, I saw an article the other day where um, uh, in, in a left-wing state, in a left-wing extremist state, because we can use the terminology as well, that they were telling citizens that they should they should take in immigrant families into their homes. Oh, Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, what? What? Where where does it say in the Constitution that I'm responsible to take care of anybody other than myself and my, and my family? I don't know that it necessarily says that I need to do that either. But there, there's no constitutionality and there's no law or no rule or guideline or any damn thing that says I have to, I have to listen to what the government says and take people that I don't know into my home. Well, actually, there's a specific... Uh part of the uh, Constitution that forbids that. <laughs> of course That's there how is. Bad. That's how bad that is. Uh, yeah. Of course there is. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's, so, there's, there's, uh, there's four guys standing on your doorstep. And government says you need to take them into your home. They range anywhere from, I don't know, 16 to 22. Hey, don't worry about your, you know, seven, eight-year-old daughters. and There's nothing going to happen to them. And we know that's the exact opposite. Well, at my house, I would... I would welcome them to the property and take them around back and, and give them a permanent home. No, for sure. Uh, yeah. I was talking to my wife the other night. And no one would ever find them. <laughs> about the, this, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'd be Jimmy Hoffa. That's uh, exactly what yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 Oh, now I have the dogs barking. 
Where where are those immigration uh, illegal immigrants that you took in a week ago? Well, the from from Czechoslovakia. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you mean they the, take. You mean the Jimmy Hoffa family? I have no idea where they're at. Uh, yeah, yeah. My my Czechoslovakian immigrants took offense to them, and there was some sort of battle. Um, sorry, but the Czech the Czechs won. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. See, my my Czech immigrants, you know, they liked Austrians, Austrian machinery, and. You know, that stuff just kind of handles problems on its own. So, yeah, that combined with a, a nice bobcat, you know. No problemo. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what happens if, you know, around here. I don't know what happens in Philadelphia. Or I don't know. Stuff. They were driving down the road and were taken out by a Hillary IUD. Oh. <laughs> The exploding IUDs. Yeah. It 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 destroyed their it destroyed their hum V or or is that a humming V? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on if the batteries are fresh. The IUD from the humming V. Oh my oh, lord. My. Well, you know, it's hard to take her seriously. Um well, yeah, it's just going to continue to be an assault on the Constitution. And I don't know what happens if we don't just, unless we all get serious about having militias that are willing to stand up against things. Um, and I'm not talking, well, you know, I'm not talking about having some thing that goes out to war or whatever, but we all know from the, our experience in the Middle East, the, the Taliban, you know, Afghanistan, anytime you're into a, a tribal struggle and you're dealing with these factions and militias that are from all over the place, I mean, we were talking about it the other day with respect to these, these Muslim extremists in Syria and Jordan and Iran and Iraq and all over the place over there shooting various kinds of weapons and Iran's, you know, funding them all. But these various groups, they're not all on the same page with everything. And it's hard to fight people like that because you fight a battle against one of them, but you've got another one over here. It's like trying to fight off alligators while you're great in a swamp. And uh, that's why militias are so darned effective at stopping uh, someone from taking over a country. You know, we bank almost bankrupted Britain in this country during the Revolutionary War. We didn't kick their butt. We didn't have huge, some huge military victory. We ran them out of money, and we broke their will. Um, so... That's, you know, that's what militias are good at. They're not great at fighting, you know, foreign wars and, you know, doing what we're doing with police state actions. They're not intended for that. But yeah. for defending the homeland, yeah, sure. Um, so armed or not, 
you know, I think of a militia not as necessarily for armed re, armed resistance, but for resistance or or just monitoring things. There's nothing wrong with having a militia intelligence operation that, you know, you have a, a militia in a state that uh, just monitors everything that's going on um, with respect to whatever the FBI activities are in their state, just to make sure that everything's above board, things are being cooperated to where they're supposed to. In other words, let's not just trust that the state is doing that properly. We need to be doing that. Um, you know, because not all states cooperate properly. You know, it, that might be a case where the um, a state militia says, hey, we need to cooperate with these people more. You know, the feds always look at that kind of thing as, oh, a militia's going to get involved. They're going to try to squeeze us out. Well, you know something? Maybe the state is not working with the feds as well as they ought to. Maybe, maybe they ought to be working more closely with the feds. That's always a possibility. Yeah, and no, I think that's a great point because, yeah. again, uh, not to beat a dead horse, but the word militia and the thought of a militia is always taken... Uh, out of context and in some sort of neg negativity where they could be beneficial. Well, so when the we first thing that comes, uh, uh, a real world example, because we, we talked about what was going on in Lahaina and figured out what was going on well before it ever became public. Well, what would have happened if Hawaii had a militia or two or three on Lahaina mm -hmm. who recognized that the water arguments going on between Lahaina and the rest of the area and restricting water flow to those hydrants was a big deal and said something about it, yeah. did something about yeah. it. Instead of allowing political people to cause the problem that actually happened and burned the damn place to the ground. There's a case where a militia could get involved and say, hey, I don't know what needs to happen here. Maybe feds need to be involved. Maybe our state needs, you know, but whatever needs to happen to get this place to where it's safe needs to go on because the Lord knows that that isn't a new problem, you know, that was that's been going on for as long as Lahaina went from just a little fishing village to what it became. That was not a new deal. You know, there was a problem with that water and fire protection for decades. At least four decades that I can think of. And if they would have had a militia there active in in uh, Maui and Lahaina that was watching that wow how how many things could have been helped so rather than looking at militia as being a conflict between people and government it was never intended to be that it was intended to be something that is active for the people that we're watching out for one another and if that's the role that militias play 
there's something very positive that can come out of it. And that's where I'm coming from with it. Sure, it could turn into be something armed and whatever. If, if, if there's some malicious actors involved in the federal or state government, but if not, then there's no reason for things to be uh, adverse. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to be working together to help ourselves and only going to the government when we need it. So that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, and I think another issue is they're not defining, they're not really defining what they mean uh, when they say ban militias. Um, they, they, and it's, it's Representative Raskin who's kind of a nut job anyway. Um, but again, it's, it's one of those instances where the Democrats come up with an idea and they think it's a great idea and they, you know, they run with it. But they, again, they mention the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers, but nothing about Black Lives Matter or Antifa or how about these watchdog groups? Are, are they not militias? Yeah, I think they can be interpreted that way. Well, I, I, are you going to ban them too? Mm. I mean, couldn't you consider the ACLU a militia? Yeah. Uh, the NAACP? Yeah. I, I mean, what's the difference? Define what you mean so that we can, we can understand the rules of engagement Mm-hmm. When, when you start going after the ones that don't fall into line with you. So, I mean, it's a, it's a very vague, uh, a very vague idea because m- maybe the ACLU and maybe, uh, What was the other one I mentioned? Uh, Bowels loose and moving. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. they aren't militias. But if you're not going to de- define specifically what it is that you're talking about, then I don't, have any, I don't have any desire to have a conversation regarding that because it's not, it's not a serious proposal. Not to mention the fact that it's even... Even if it was for the ACLU or, I don't know, Media Matters or whatever, uh, I'm probably going to be opposed to that, mainly because it's unconstitutional. I I would love to see the ACLU go out of business. But as much as a militia is constitutionally protected, you can make an argument that so are they. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you can't... You can't, you can't take a, a situation like January 6th, call it an insurrection, and then on the second hand say, because of what happened on January 6th, we have to ban militias. 
I, I don't see the thought process in that. I can't wrap my mind around it and go, okay. Then, then I declare that the IRS is a militia. They have to go. What's the difference? Mm-hmm. You know, well, is it yeah. is it because you consider them right, you know, right right wing extremists, and you consider the IRS a necessary force to, you know, collect money? But but they're but they're now being trained to carry weapons and and possibly have to shoot people. They're not a law, a law enforcement body. Isn't that a militia? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, take your bald-headed freaking idea and piss off. Bless their pointy little heads. It's just... Now, I don't know if you heard about this. Six pro-life advocates were uh, convicted Tuesday by the Department of Justice for peacefully protesting in 2021 at an abortion facility in Tennessee. Each of them face up to ten and a half years in prison after being found guilty of a Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act. <laughs> this is something huh? new. This is something new. Oh. So, six of these pro-life pro uh, supporters were found guilty of a conspiracy to prevent the clinic employees from providing and patients from receiving reproductive health services. A civil right secured by the FACE Act. So this happened uh, March 5th of 2021. So they gathered outside the uh, Carafim Health Center Clinic in a hallway on the second floor of an office building. And there's video of these protesters, and they're shown praying, singing, and encouraging women not to receive addition, uh, abortion services. There's actually video of that. Um, so they will be sentenced in July. Reason I bring that up is because what about the protesters that went into the Capitol when it came to Palestine or other instances? I mean, it's you know, it's not like the U.S. Capitol is the only place that people have stormed and took over. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I'm pretty sure that these pro-life protesters aren't left-wing. They're right-wing ex uh, extremists. Mm-hmm. 
And they're uh, white supremacists too. Yeah. Well, that was one of the other things they brought up in the in the whole militia thing. It's just a bunch of white supremacists, and uh, when when the uh, actual leader of the Proud Boys is is he Puerto Rican? Yeah, I have no idea, but I know he's, he's not, not white. white. He's not white. Yeah. So th this demonstration was uh, peaceful citizens filled with prayer, hymns singing and worship oriented toward uh, persuading expecting mothers not to abort their babies. Biden's Department of Justice's pattern of arresting and prosecuting peaceful pro-life advocates is disturbing. Uh, they, they face up to 10 and a half years in prison and fines as high as $260,000 and three years of super, supervised release. So these defendants are being held accountable for unlawfully obstructing access to health care services. So my question would be, um, was that a public facility? Well, yeah. Because if it's a public facility, you have every right to be there. Yeah. And and for any reason whatsoever. If it's a private, uh, then, you know, that's a different story. But here we are but, again, cherry-picking, you know, what protests we're going to allow and what protests we're not going to allow and, and you know, what what uh, specific uh, topic that you're protesting. And if it doesn't, and if it doesn't fall into the left-wing extremist uh, column, you're going to go to jail. For a long time. And and this is a, a prime example of what we need militias for. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's something that only gets rectified with armed people ready to, and willing to do something about it. To be a counter, a, a counter, uh, I don't know if I want to say police, but yeah, a counter uh enforcement of a neighborhood neighborhood watch, neighborhood watch yeah <laughs> yeah yeah could be yeah it's it's a it's a constitutional rights uh force i mean it's a you know i would rather see things Maybe maybe some uniformity in names and structure and stuff, but not have corporate structures and not have a funding mechanism and all of that stuff. Um, not have things to where, you know, you can have your your uh, financials audited every single year by the IRS. Just just operate as a uh, independent organization that doesn't have. Um, funding through, uh, you know, that that's taxable. You know, don't don't try to be a five hundred one c three, but you know, have it be a 
a true volunteer constitutional militia that uh, goes around and affect, and uh, protects people's rights. You know, um, I don't see anything wrong with that. You know, it's, it's like the the Black Panther guy, the guys that were there in uh, Philadelphia at the polling station. I don't know if you remember that from 20, 2008 or whatever that was. Um, that uh, I think it was in Philadelphia, maybe that there was someone, some people there from the uh, Black Panther. Oh yeah, the, yeah. I was getting ready to say, was it the Black Panther? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what? No one seemed to be, you know, the the uh, what the racial supremacists uh, on the left didn't seem to mind that. So you know, maybe it's okay if. Uh, you know, if uh, white supremacists get or do the same thing, I don't know. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. I mean. Yeah, I, I don't know about that anymore. I mean, it, it seems as if, so hypothetically, if I was to be standing amongst 20 people on the sidewalk in front of a Planned Parenthood, am I, am I going to be arrested? And face 10 years in prison? Simply because I'm standing on a public sidewalk? And uh, again, I don't know if this place was public or not. But even, even peaceful protests now are going to land you in prison. They set the bar, Ron, with January 6th. They use it mm -hmm. every single time. And I'm listening mm -hmm. to these politicians, and I'm listening to them blame everything on Trump, and, and President Trump did this, the whataboutism shit, and well, why aren't we talking about President Trump? Uh, he's not the president. This is not his administration. He has, he, he has you know... No cross to carry when it comes to what's happening currently. And, and what you're trying to do is convince people that three and a half years later, when we've had a new president and a new administration, that it's still his fault. Mm. When, does it, when does it become the people who have the power and who are in control, when does it become their issue? 10 years down the road. And, and Republicans do the same thing. I'm tired of hearing about that. You, mm -hmm. you, ha you have the power. You have the control. You're in office. If you can't fix it, then resign. Yeah. If you're, if you're going to point fingers and place blame and you can't understand how to fix the problems that face our country, then resign. And by the way, take all the other jackwads that are in Congress with you. I'm sure that it wouldn't take us long to replace them. No, I think we could just go through the phone book, pick people randomly. <laughs> yeah. 
He does. That, Telling my wife. Actually, the other that might be better. You know, just just have a trained monkey that goes through the phone book, and they pick out random people in each state to be senator and representatives, and whoever the monkey picks, that's who it is. I mean, yeah, I, I just try that. Yeah, I, I I don't think that there would be a a huge difference. I'm, Matter of fact, I, it might be a hundred times better. I, I'm thinking it cannot possibly be worse no. because most of the problems have to do with the political alignments. And if you're picking random people, the chances are pretty good you're going to get people who they might vote a certain way, but they're really not, you know, they're really not aligned as, oh, I am a Democrat or I am a Republican. And I think you're going to get maybe more that are not aligned at all than people who are aligned to Republican or Democrat. I mean, I, I, I just don't see how it could be worse. In fact, I would, I would go so far as rather than saying trained monkey, how about an untrained monkey? <laughs> I'll tell you how stupid it is. And I don't know if you, it, you know, I've sent you a lot of articles from this group that I, I get information from. <laughs> this made me laugh. A U.S. Navy veteran and former congressional candidate has been charged with a hate crime after tearing down and beheading the controversial satanic temple statue that was displayed in the rotunda of the Iowa State House in December. Hmm. Um, it's charged with a felony. And if you're okay with tearing down statues of uh, the founding fathers or, you know, Confederate generals and, I mean, Union generals for that matter. Um, how are you not, how are you not okay with tearing down a statue of Satan? I mean, where, where are our priorities and ethics and morals? And I, I don't get it. Well, has anybody, has anybody, has anybody been Satan, charged? Isn't Satan aligned with the Marxists? Well, I mean, you could make a good argument for it, for sure. Yeah, just being a smart ass. No, right? I think you could make a good argument for that. I mean, uh, you know, Joe Biden, who supposedly grew up as a Catholic in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and, and Delaware, and Puerto Rico, and, mm -hmm. you know, wherever else he claims to be from, um, it, it's not a, a secret that the Catholic Church is against abortion. Uh, as a matter of fact, he he's been refused communion by by some churches because of his uh, support for uh, abortion. So, well, isn't 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 Pope uh, Saint it, Satan, who is Pope now, isn't he pro-abortion? Though I mean, I, I I have a hard time keeping up with that slime. 
Yeah, I, I believe probably so. I mean, he's he's also um, fallen into the trap of the inclusivity and, you know, homosexuality and all that stuff is, you know, it's okay. And again, I, you know, I, I really don't get into those topics very often because... You know, there's only there's only one judge when when it's all mm -hmm. said and done. Um, but if you read the Bible and and you know, and you're a Christian or, or a Catholic or whatever, um, most religions say that you know that's that's a sin. Yeah, that clown that's Pope now sure isn't preparing his people very well, is he? No, and I don't think I, I don't think the papacy is uh, is is what as well respected as it used to be. I don't think they have a whole lot of influence, uh, you know, with politicians and and cultural issues and stuff like that that they once had. Um, I don't. I haven't really paid much attention to uh, what goes on in the Vatican and and with the Pope since John Paul II. Well, they've they have moved almost as far left as Congress has. The Vatican. Yeah, no doubt. It, it's pathetic. It's yeah. really bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not even the Catholic religion any longer. I, I don't think, I mean, I'm not Catholic, but my goodness, I was about as close to being an honorary Catholic as you can be. Right. And, uh, I mean, they're pretty far off the mark right now. You know, I, I, I would not feel good about having to account myself in front of God if if I were this this Yahoo Pope. Yeah, what's his name? Francis? Is it Pope Francis? Oh, that's right. Yeah. I called him Saint Satan, didn't I? Yeah. Same thing. Same thing. Francis, Frank. We'll just call him Frank. It's fraud. He's a fraud. Yeah. Frank Frankie Fraud. So, you know, you know, when when Frank has to go talk to God, boy, I, I wouldn't want to be him. No, there's a lot of people uh, that I know and others that I don't that, uh, man, Judgment Day is probably not going to look good for them. Yeah, I'm concerned enough about me. And, <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I, I mean, I realize I, I should uh, not have as loose a tongue as I have. But on the other hand, I figure, you know, I've done a little bit of good in my life. Um, and I, as much as a bungee cord Christian as I've been, I have never separated myself from God. And, um, I, I mean, I've been really close sometimes because that's what we do as humans is find the boundaries and then and then 
tiptoe over the line a little bit every now and then sometimes, like training a little puppy. But, you know, I never went against, not since I've be not since I became a Christian as a little four-year-old. So, you know, I'm not too concerned. I should say I am concerned enough about me. <laughs> and and I'm not out there telling people about things that that are counter to church doctrine like Frank is. So I don't know. I, I wouldn't want to be him. That's all I can say. So I guess um uh Joe Biden's retaliation was they launched some attacks on Iraq and uh, Syria. Just now? I, I don't know when it happened. I, I just, I just got the alert for it, so I'm sure it's oh. been fairly recently. Oh, okay. Wow. Huh? But he still sanctioned Israelis before he did that. The key word being targets. What are those targets? Well, church. I mean, is it a, you know, a parked convoy of, you know, tr mm -hmm. is it a parked convoy of American uh, Humvees? Yeah, I'm um, kind of wondering. Maybe a water tower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A bushel of corn. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's just hard to take these people seriously. I, who knows that there, there's all this rush going on to provide funding to the Babi Ukrainians. Are the Babi Ukrainians, are they in Milwaukee? <laughs> I can't remember. Bob uh, Ukrainians. Um, so, supposedly, we, we ran out of money a week or so ago and ran out of arms to give to these people. I don't know. I guess we're running around without any arms anymore. Um, so they say there that they're, they'll be out of money or out of something in a couple of weeks or by the end of February. So, you know, it's kind of sounding like it's going to be somebody's fault if they don't have what they need by the middle of February because they'll get their asses kicked. You know, that's what they're all trying to make it sound like. Oh, I'm sorry that I, I, I misquoted that. They, they announced a number of, of attacks. They haven't carried them out yet. Oh. But the key word being targets. Well, and I didn't guess, he say, I guess, I guess didn't he, like say you, he wasn't going to do that? Well, I mean, listen, I'm going to say it again. Uh, this was this was the 
This was the 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 straw that broke the camel's back that that they were waiting on to draw us into a war. Um, and and if it's not if it's not a serious, what did Trump do when uh, when he took office? Drops a Moab. Unleash, mm-hmm. Unleashes the full force of the military. Screw the rules of engagement. Do what you need to do. Soldier like you're a soldier. And in a matter of three, four, five, six months, ISIS was pretty much done. Uh, we're now hearing, uh, you know, the... The president of Iraq um, publicly stating that it's time for a drawdown of U.S. soldiers. And then the experts are saying, well, that happens. And, uh, you know, ISIS is starting to put the band back together already. But, But the reason that Iraq is doing that is because the United States isn't upholding their their promise to to stay there and and protect them. They're they're seeing the opposite. Mm -hmm. They're like, hell, if Iran's going to come in here and bomb us and, you know, take, you know, these these militia groups, there we go, right? These militia Mm -hmm. groups are coming in and and killing our people. What good are you to us? Time for you to go. So, So this bullshit that we hear that, that we're respected on the world stage, when Iraq is telling you to get out because you're not doing anything to to uh, benefit us, that's not any respect. No. <laughs> oh my. So yeah, we're we're announcing that we're going to uh, hit some targets in Syria and Iraq. Now you had mentioned Maybe. we don't we don't necessarily need to know what that is, but if it, it, but I know you were being sarcastic. If it's a water tower or a munitions depot or whatever, that's that's just not enough. Yeah, I'm thinking they're maybe going to hit a, a Target store. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe a maybe a Home Depot. Yeah, you know? yeah right. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, they're not serious. A, a, a closed McDonald's. <laughs> exactly. We don't want any casualties, so we'll wait till they turn yeah. the lights off. No more of those pulled pork places, you know. <laughs> yeah, they don't yeah. get. They don't get. They get. Uh, what do they serve there? Those uh, McRibs, yeah. fake hamburgers, and and oh, all yeah. uh, you know, all made of vegetables and and soylent green burgers. The, the fa bacon you can't have real bacon. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh my! Yeah, it's it's hard to yeah. It's just so laughable that they're just so stupid. Yeah, and, and and 
again, I, I know you don't pay a lot of attention, and I don't blame you, but I'm watching this this hearing on, uh, you know, the Mayorkas thing, and some of these people that they turn on their microphone, and it's it, if you're if you were sitting there in the gallery, you, you'd probably yell out. Shut up and turn your microphone mm -hmm. off because you are a moron. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> some of the things these people said, I'm shaking my head and I'm like, this is the best we have. Well, like I say, Get a monkey to pull names out of a hat or something, because I think just think of all the money that would say, you know, they could do the same thing with voting on uh, stuff like on uh, spending bills, you know, just just have a monkey pull all the names out of a hat to represent a state and we get who we got. And that's, it's just tough if you don't like it. It's it's like the jury that you get in a criminal trial. Maybe you get lucky, maybe you don't, but whatever you get is better than what we got. Because they, they really are stupid and they really do waste a lot of money and they really do cause a lot of harm. No, I watched about an hour and a half of that and then it took me eight hours of sleep to regenerate uh, the, mm -hmm. the brain cells that I had lost. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to keep my blood pressure down and watching stupid people do and say stupid things makes it go up. So I'm on doctor's orders to not watch anything political. <laughs> Ever again. Yeah. I think unless, it involve, it, I, unless it involves beheading them. Yeah, I don't, uh, like I said, I don't have cable, so I, I catch things uh, that are sent to me or that I come across while I'm watching, you know, on my computer or whatever. I, I don't. Occasionally, um, there's a streaming service that has some, you know, B, B rated news programs. Hmm. Uh, and I'll, I'll watch that for a little bit, but I have to take it in small doses. I just, I can't, you know, it used to be that, uh, you know, and this'll, this'll, shock a lot of conservatives I would watch two or three hours straight of Fox News and and I haven't had Fox News I got rid of I, I stopped watching Fox News after election night 2020 um, and and haven't felt bad or missed it one bit and again I'm a better person for it yeah yeah uh, so I don't, I don't care to, you know, I have to keep up because of our show, you know, with certain things and, uh, but other than that, I, I, I don't, I mean, I kind of used to be like, man, I gotta watch, you know, uh, 
Tucker or I've got to watch, you know, um, back in the day, uh, what's her name? The blonde lady that used to be on there. And Bill O'Reilly, I had to watch Bill O'Reilly. And mm-hmm. It was almost like I was addicted to watching those shows. It was like, man, you know, like your favorite show is coming on TV, you know, whatever series it is, The Walking Dead or, you know, the things that people are into. Colombo. Yeah, and you got to watch it. You know, you say, hey, that's my show. I need, you know, I need to turn the TV on. That's kind of how I was with the news. And, and after sitting there and, and being objective, and not agreeing with everything that was said. I'm like, these people are full of it. Yeah, the only people I could watch were Tucker Carlson. That was it. Yeah, uh, uh, I liked Gutfeld. Um, Yeah. But, you know, he's kind of a a late-night comedy show. Yeah. Uh, but But he's got some... You know, factual uh, information, mm-hmm. yeah. and he's got some real things to talk about. Yeah, but but it's it's kind of tongue in cheek, so you know. Yeah, it, it's more entertainment than news. Yeah, but it, it, it it's still they still had some valid points. So right, I'll give right. you that. Yeah, for sure. But but you know what's serious and what's not. Well, yeah. As far as as far as consumable you know, intelligence for news. I I didn't consider that as news. I considered it as entertainment. No, but I tell but, you this. But it was still it was still, you know, what worth watching, just not something that I would say, I wanna wanna hear what their view on Iraq is tonight. No, that wasn't really why right. But on the opposite side of the coin when you're talking about those on the left Stephen Colbert and and Trevor Noah and uh, even what's his name that used to be on um, or Bill Maher. I mean, those are news channels to them. Mm-hmm. And these are comedians and these are people. They don't even they 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 had to stop their shows because of the writer's strike. So these aren't people who are writing their own commentary they're not writing their own questions they're not they're just someone who 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 is a popular host became a popular host of a, of a show and and god forbid you watch something on comedy central and think that it's news yeah you know the same way that if you get your news from tiktok or facebook or you know any of them types of sources uh, how much is that? How much of that is actually factual, and how much of that is just opinion or just some made-up bullshit? Mm-hmm. And more so with the younger people. But uh, I mean, that's I, I, I read somewhere that I think sixty percent of people get their news from TikTok, and I'm like, it's owned by China, for God's sake. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't, I'm not interested. Yeah, I'm not interested. 
All right, well, I don't have anything else. It's been kind of a slow, not a whole lot going on. I mean, a whole lot of the same old, same old. Yeah. But, other than a bunch of people launching missiles at each other, there's not much happening. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm just I'm just wondering uh, when when we're le legitimately or um, they admittedly say that we're we're involved in a war or two. Well, let's see. We already have the people driving the drones in Ukraine. I mean, we're already doing that. That's that's at war. We have a few special forces people there. We already have people getting killed on the ground in Jordan by, uh, you know, Islamic militant people, if not our own drone. I was, I'm not sure on that. But at any rate, yeah, when are we going to admit that we're participating in World War Three? Because sort of seems like we are. And, and if we are, I kind of want to vote on whose side we're going to be on, because I really don't like where we're at. I'd rather be on Israel's side and not against the Soviet Union. Because the Soviet Union hasn't done anything to us. And they have nuclear weapons. But they're a, threat to, they're a threat to democracy, and when was Ukraine ever a democracy? Yeah, it's not now. I mean... It never yeah. has been. Yeah, the Soviet Union is a parliamentarian government, just like uh, actually Ukraine is. Um, and both of their opposition people are in jail, so I'm, I don't really see a big difference between the two. Um, and like I was saying the other day, Russian people are people we should be trying to get along with. Whether we get along with the government or not is another matter, but still, I'd rather not see us at war against them. They haven't done anything to us. Um, and Ukraine hasn't done anything for us. So, I just... I don't like where we're at. I, I, I would rather uh, us, that we get to choose whose side we're going to be on. If we're going to be in World War III, I think we should do, get to choose what side we're going to be on. Yeah, but I don't think, I don't think the administration uh, even knows. I think they're trying to play all sides. With the, well, exception, yeah, with the exception of Russia, because Russia won't even have anything to do with Joe Biden. Yeah, which which tells me I'm I'm really I tend to be on their side because that tells me they're smart because if you don't want to have anything with, to do with Joe Biden then you're at least smart enough to know that you know you you don't deal with people who are just dumb. Uh, So yeah, I just don't like where we're at. 
That's for sure. No, I think it's going to... I think we're... I think we're starting to see uh, how ugly it's probably going to get. Yeah, I'm afraid that he's going to get us involved in something we can't get out of. It, it, I just think we're going to be in a quagmire instead of in a uh, in a brief, you know, something that can be made brief. But why is get- why is John Kirby? Why is John Kirby coming out in in multiple press conferences and saying we don't want a conflict with Iran? Under no circumstances do we want to be at war with Iran. Yeah, that's pretty dumb. I mean, are they scared? Well, I think they're playing to their base because their base does not want a problem with Iran. Their base has this delusion that we can make peace with Iran the way it is, and we're all going to be fat, dumb, and happy and uh, not have any problems. Um, it's, it's just delusional. You know, as long as those mullahs are running things, we're not going anywhere with Iran. But, I mean, we understand, I mean, we know that Iran is... Uh, financially and militarily uh, helping out Hamas, Hezbollah, um, certain groups in Syria, certain groups in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other places. And without Iran, none of these militant groups would even be uh, capable of operating. Yeah, they'd be working on small-scale stuff. They'd be doing suicide bombing. Yeah, so, so you, I mean, what, what's the best way to to take out that, that type of uh, enemy? And that's cut the head off the snake. Mm-hmm. But yet they're, they're unequivocally saying we're not going to... Uh, into any kind of conflict, war or otherwise. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna go after, you know, the Houthis or or some of these other uh, tribes, Hezbollah, Hamas, whatever, and think that if you take them out, or if you decimate them to a, a, a minimal uh, force. That Iran's not gonna, they're not they're not gonna recruit more people. They're not gonna spend more money. They're not gonna supply more arms. They're, that they're just gonna stop. Right. I mean, that's not how you. That's not how you you win a war, Ron. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what and I'm it, saying. And, it's just delusional. Yeah. If we're gonna, if we're gonna, if we're gonna pretend like we're not in a war. Or, or basically say we're, we're not interested in going to war, then, then you shouldn't be interfering in the Russia-Ukraine conflict, and you certainly shouldn't be interfering in the Hamas-Israel conflict. 
Yeah. Because eventually yeah. it's going to lead you to being involved in those conflicts. Yeah. The, the fact of the matter is we are already involved in a war with Iran. Now, we may not think that we are, but Iranians do. The Iranian leadership is at war with us. Whether we think we are or not isn't really relevant. Well, and that's what I meant by the other day by um, what I said with Iran has painted uh, Joe Biden into a corner. Because of his lack of, of doing anything, his lack of leadership and, and his lack of showing power on the world stage, Iran has basically thrown the gauntlet down and said, Hey, we killed some of your soldiers. We've attacked, we've you know carried out drone attacks on on some of your bases. What are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's going to go egg their house. <laughs> he's going to go toilet paper the. Yeah, exactly. He's going to he's going to uh, TP one of the F16s they got from us and uh, that we abandoned in Afghanistan. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's going to do a lot, right? <laughs> My god, they're stupid. I it's just amazing to me. Yeah. So so we are at war with Iran. We are at war in Ukraine. Our our troops are are involved in those wars. And yet, for some reason, we don't realize that we're at war. I mean, how stupid are we? I mean... And, and for the Democrats to say that, that we are more powerful on the world stage, we're more respected, and our allies and our enemies look at us uh, as as more of those two things that I just mentioned than when Trump was president, I mean, you're delusional. Yeah. You're literally delusional. You need to be in a straitjacket in a padded room somewhere. Uh, for a very long time. The cuckoo's nest is where they need to be. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know what what we're supposed to do at this point. I mean, we we can mock them all we want to, but that isn't going to change anything unless maybe Putin listens to us and says, you know, these guys, maybe we should go talk to them. And I'm going to say this right now. If I hear, so it with the immigration issue at the border, and I saw some numbers that came out uh, the other day. Uh, 600 people from China and uh, uh, I can't remember exactly, but, but there were 600 from China and, and you know, there was like 1,500 people at, at one, you know, one of the uh, places that they can get through. Just walked right through. And these weren't women and children. There was all of them, all of them were adults. So the women and children uh, narrative 
is a crock of bull. But if these people, so even during the hearing they were talking about, these were encounters. There were more people released into the country under the Trump administration than under the Biden administration. So the catch and release was, was more than since Biden's been president. Uh, but if one of these people comes into this country and does something, a dirty bomb or, I don't know, releases fentanyl into the water system or something, and a bunch of people die, I don't want to hear any complaining. I don't want to hear, oh, my gosh, how did this happen in the United... I don't want to hear that shit. I don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. I, I, it it's irrelevant because... Yeah. We have brought this upon ourselves um, by allowing a, a moron, you know, to to make these claims that we're safer, that our our borders under control, um, you know, we don't have to worry about war, we don't have to worry about you know this and that and the other. I don't want to hear it, especially out of the Democrats' mouths. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm I'm more likely to put a, a a foot in their face than to hear them pull some bullshit like that. If you're really that confident, then none of that's ever going to happen. But if it does, man, the onus is on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we've been saying that that. Things haven't been right in a long time. Well, uh, yeah, and, and I, I just don't think we fixed this with the ballot box. No, I, I yeah, no, and I agree with you 100% on that. I mean, I've said yeah. numerous times, what happens after Trump? Yeah. You know, at some point, I know there's a whole bunch of truckers heading to Texas right now. I don't know when they get there, probably a day or two more, but, you know, I don't I didn't hear know about when. that. Yeah. Um, well, there's a bunch heading there. They're, I guess it's starting out in actually Washington, D.C., of all places, um, which seems to me that's where I would send a bunch of them. I think I would lock down Washington, D.C. until the problem was solved. If it were me, if it were my convoy, I would run those truckers into Washington, D.C., and I'd park them all around Congress and Pennsylvania Avenue, and I'd have Washington, D.C. shut down. And then I would send everyone else to the border. But at any rate, they're sending them to the border, and then there's the uh, rest of the convoy is going to branch off, and they're heading to... Someplace, I think, I think it's in uh, Arizona. Um, but at any rate, you know, it, it, that's a, that, I'm not belittling what they're doing at all. So um, I, I think it's great, um, and I and I hope it's successful because uh, we need that, you know, um, and. 
I'm presuming they're not armed, but you know, maybe maybe they are. I don't know. Don't care. Um, at some point, you've got to have the federal government, even if it's National Guard, that look up and say, you know, uh, I don't think I'm interested in following orders today. You know, I think I just have the real feeling that I'm going against my own countrymen at this point and uh, second guess my orders. So I'm not interested in pulling triggers on these people. Well, and that's, uh, <clears throat> that's what I was saying uh, before with, with some of the officers and, and commanders and stuff when I was in the military, we look <laughs> at them and say, hey, we're not doing that crap because you're an idiot. Yeah. I'm not gonna die because you don't know what the hell you're doing. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I, I, I as I a as a former, it, go ahead. Yeah, I I just think that the 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 civil disobedience of Martin Luther King, it is basically what these truckers are doing, and they're basically trying to make themselves so such a large contingent that. People have to take up and note, take notice, which I think they got stopped there at Washington D.C. when they went there during the COVID bullshit. And they would have been more effective if they had just broken right through that barrier, mm -hmm. because if they go get into Washington D.C. and make as big a presence as the J. Six people did, then the then the media has to take notice. As it was, they got ignored. I think it's easier for them to take the stage in a place like Texas, where Texas wants them there. Um, they're welcome there. Now, whether they'll make media or not, uh, I think it's another matter, but I, I think that at some point what they're after is they've got to make a presence known to Biden and anyone Biden may want to send there likely National Guard to say, we don't want to go up against these people. These are our people. You know, and, uh, the, the next step is an armed militia doing the same thing. Yeah. Where National Guard would say, I don't think I want this. This before it's just a truck I'm taking on. Now these are people who shoot back. So I, I don't know when it escalates, but I think it's got to escalate. I think it's just the laws of physics. I think this, this gets bigger, but anyway, go ahead. Oh, I don't remember what I was gonna say. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Okay, well. Well, no, I, don't, I do know, um, as a veteran, If I was given the order to draw down on my fellow citizen, um, I'm not sure I would have I would have taken that into consideration at all. I mean, it it, it would depend on the circumstance, obviously. Uh, but if it was if it was citizens exercising their constitutional right, not even. I, I swore an oath to the Constitution. I didn't swear an oath to an officer 
Or right. I didn't swear an oath to the president. I didn't swear an oath to an idea. I swore an oath to the Constitution. And, and I think if you, if you want to interpret the Constitution and the oath that you swear to uphold, and it says against enemies foreign and domestic, the enemy doesn't always have to be the citizen. Mm -hmm. The enemy could be the government. It could be, it could be fellow soldiers that, that would follow an unlawful order. I mean, it's not exclusive to uh, the government's choosing. As in, well, we have F-16s and nuclear weapons if you plan on, you know, taking on your government. Okay, well, I'm also not going to take an order from a government that's, a, that's tyrannical and, and wants me to kill my fellow citizens because they're not, I don't know, wearing a mask in public. Yeah. You know, kiss my ass. That, that's unconstitutional. So therefore, I swore an oath to the Constitution and I disobey that order. I mean, there are probably some that would. Uh, don't think they'd make it very long. But they would. Well, I look at it through the Nuremberg lens of regardless of how it goes, if there's a Nuremberg trial at the end of it all, do you want to be the, uh, who do you want to be? Do you want to be the person who upheld the rights of the citizen? Or do you want to be the one who opposed the rights of the citizens? I mean, that is how things boil down in Nazi Germany. Oh yeah. Fantastic point. Yeah, it's a fantastic yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, uh, not, the World War II wasn't about Nazi, Nazi, Nazi. That is what it boiled down to. I mean, the socialists of the, the National Socialist Movement went too far. They went well beyond the, the advancing the interests of their citizens. Mm -hmm. And the people who went against it uh, got hung. Well, not all of them, but that's what Nuremberg was about. So whose side do you want to be on? Yeah. Uh, I think I want to be on the side that didn't want to uh, harm the citizens. Uh, that's the side I'm on now. And man, it's not a very popular place to be. Well, and genocide is never committed by the citizens. I, I mean, uh, it's usually... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's a government action. Well, that, yeah, that's that. I guess that's pretty close to what I was thinking of. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, other than than criminal activity, or I don't know, you know. You find your significant other banging somebody else, 
and and you happen to be so pissed off that you you know you take them out at least one or two you know one of them one of the two if you look throughout yeah, yeah. if you look throughout history for example the the Nazis and the Jews it wasn't it wasn't like it's not like the Jewish decided to take out their own people that's not how genocide works it's always led by you know somebody like Adolf Hitler and and a bunch of people that believed in what he was spewing I'm not quite sure I'm getting my point across because I'm, I'm struggling with how to word it that it makes sense. So I, get, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that citizens in this country aren't going to start killing fellow citizens just because uh, somebody tells them to. So if Joe Biden came on television tomorrow and said, hey, uh, Democrats, take up arms and, you know, go kill every Republican that you know, I, I, I don't think that would happen. Just like I'm saying, if Joe Biden ordered the military to take out their fellow citizens because, I don't know, they... they they didn't want to wear a mask. Vast majority of them, rank and file of our military services, is not going to do that. That's an unconstitutional order. I, if I, no. and, and I'm saying that as, as my opinion and me being prior military, that I would not do that. Well, and specifically the case of Texas, I mean, uh, first of all, I, I don't see that Democrats arming themselves and killing other, and killing uh, Republicans being the case because they're the ones who don't have firearms or use know what bathroom to use. Now, some of them do, but those aren't, those are, those are the responsible ones. You know, they're the ones who follow laws and ethics um, and constitution, whether they want to agree with someone's interpretation of the constitution or not. But with, res with respect specifically to Texas and this stopping the this invasion of our country by illegals, I mean, these people are streaming across the border, not at regular checkpoints. I mean, the, these people all know where there's, those checkpoints are. There's what, I think 23 passages across the border and they know where they all are. And the rest of the border is no man's land. You're not supposed to be going there. And yet those are the places like Eagle Pass that they're crossing because they, they wanna come across without anyone knowing who they are you know the women and children are at these checkpoints that are on the maps that they're coming into this country in the open they don't mind 
people knowing who they are, the government knowing who they are. They're trying to connect with family, what have you. But these people crossing at Eagle Pass, they're people who want to be off the books. There aren't facilities there to process people. Though these are the people who are are probably where the terrorists are coming in. They're not coming in at the regular checkpoints. So to look specifically at that case in a standoff between the Biden administration and Texas, and, and Florida just sent National Guard there today. Um, so does who, who does Biden send there other than regular troops? I mean, that's a military action on our own soil if he does that, which if he were doing that, I wouldn't have a problem with it if it had to do with bringing them there to stop the invasion. But if he's sending military there to use on our own people because they're trying to stop the invasion, there's a real big problem with that. Oh, yeah. And I don't know how he could get away with federalizing anyone's National Guard in that instance, because to me, that's an illegal and unconstitutional use of the Guard. Because they'd be advancing something that's contrary to the public's interest and the public benefit. Um, so regardless of how they got there, let's say there's armed military people there at the border to say, okay, Texas Guard, you you are now part of us, and there's all these truckers there, um, then what happens? Are these people going to shoot anyone who tries to keep them away from that razor wire, or are there enough people present to stop that from happening? Well, here's a question. There, is, is there militia there to do something? Here, um, here's a question. If January 6th, was so deadly and it was so dangerous. Why wasn't the order given to the National Guard and the Capitol Police to fire on people? Mm -hmm. I mean, we, exactly. we keep hearing we keep hearing how horrendous this was, and this was a you know remind you know, these politicians. Oh, it, you know. Opens up the scars and the wounds of 9-11 and Pearl Harbor and, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what the, what, what are you? <laughs> it is, it's hilarious. <laughs> to hear someone say that is like... <laughs> That's why they're so unattached. That's why they're not they're yeah. they're they're in their own bubble. Uh, we've yeah. talked about many times where it's easy for you to sit behind a desk and send ten thousand troops in to possibly die because you you're sitting behind a desk. Yeah, you, you have no skin in the game. Yeah, uh, put your ass in the middle of them and and you'll curl up and fold like a little baby. Yeah. But, I mean, if it was so dangerous, uh, you know, I, I remember telling you that a friend of mine called me and said, hey, you need to, you need to leave because the Capitol or the uh, National Guard's coming. And I'm like, so? 
I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm, I'm on public property. Uh, I'm just standing here. You have not committed any crime. But if you, if you were to take their version or their opinion of it and, and how, how dreadful it was, like a 9-11 or a Pearl Harbor, why weren't, why weren't there more police, more Capitol Police, more National Guard, and why weren't they, and, and maybe not so much as firing on people, but why weren't they massively arresting people and, and, and you know, the guard escorting people out of there? Why, and then if it was so violent, why weren't they firing on people? But I saw a heck of a lot of flashbangs and, and tear gas being thrown at people that weren't doing anything wrong. You know, let's not forget the freedom to assemble oh, and, yeah. and peacefully protest and air your grievances. You have every right to question your government and their decision-making 24-7, 365 days a year. Period. And they, they have twisted it into, into something that's non-existent. You don't get to just say, oh, it was an insurrection. There's never been an unarmed insurrection in history anywhere. And if it was so deadly... If these people were, 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 were such a threat to your life, why weren't you shooting them? You know why? Well, number one, it's against the law to shoot someone unarmed in public that's not committing a crime. Unless you're a Capitol Police officer. Unless you're the, the jackass that, that, that shot an unarmed white girl. Yeah. Who happened Michael to be Bird. A, Michael Bird, that was his name. You know, I, I, I don't even know if we need to mention the asshole's name. Uh, well, we, I couldn't remember it last time. No. Oh. But I, I, I was just thinking of uh, Mark the Bird Fidrich. Remember the picture for the yeah. Detroit Tigers? Oh. <laughs> it was Mark Bird. Or, or um, <laughs> Michael Bird. <laughs> And and I, I still don't know. He might have been related to the KKK leader, Senator Bird from West Virginia. I, I'm not positive about that. Larry, is that Larry Bird's? Is that in the same family tree? Could, you know, it could I don't know. I think I think it was. Uh, <laughs> it, it could have been though. You know, I I think we're in the the realm of conspiracy theories here. Yeah. The, the way not? these Democrats Why not? Yeah, why not? Because everything's a conspiracy theory. Yeah, true. Michael Bird. Yeah. yeah. That's somebody who should be sued for personally for murder. I uh so we had mentioned um on the show why were why wasn't her family uh pursuing wrongful death and you know civil cases they have yeah they, are. they just did yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And it's about time. And they should take that man for everything that he is worth and make his life miserable. It's the ALJ that's doing it, the law and justice people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that um, uh, ACLJ? Is that ACLJ? ACL Cool J. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I think it's ALJ. Maybe it is. See, I, I, I don't know. It's the Tom Fitton's group. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there's the other guy that has the ACLJ. Um, he was actually involved in, uh, in some capacity in the Trump impeachments and stuff like that. But they do the same thing as Tom Fitton's group does. You know, I they, thought they were part of the same group. No, I don't believe so. Oh, okay. Well, that's what I get for thinking. Um, Tom Fitton, his his organization is actually... Uh, let me look at it. And he's, he's a uh, judicial watch is his. Oh, sorry. Okay. And he's a thorn in the side of the government, man. That guy's always taking them to court and, uh, you know, getting uh, what he should get through a norm normal FOIA request. He has to always sue. Yeah. Um. And Jay Seculo. Mm -hmm. He's the leader of um, the American Center for Law and Justice, ACLJ. Mm -hmm. So they're, yeah. they're they're basically kind of the same, you know, do a lot of the same things, but different organizations. I don't know how I got the idea that they work together. Well, they may have. They may yeah. have, uh, but they have their own. They have their own organization. Okay. And like I say, they do a lot of the same things, you know. I, I always get the ACLJ and the ACLU mixed up. But but Tom yeah. Fitton and Jay Seculo are, are top-notch. Yeah. Well, I don't... ACLU is definitely not top-notch. They don't care much about our rights. No, and I'm, uh, you know, probably 100% sure that they get... Uh, funding from the government, which I don't understand. Yeah, they shouldn't. I mean, I think a lot of people get money from the government that shouldn't, you know, whether I agree with them or not. I mean, why is the government all over everything, you know? Is that not why they have uh, nonprofits so that People can donate where they want to. Like PBS, why is PBS funded by the government? If people want to watch them, then, you know, watch them. No one watches them except, you know, the a few people out of the 20% of the population who thinks they're worthwhile. You know, screw them. Yeah, it's not, it's not PBS, it's, it's GBS. GB, GB. <laughs> government broadcasting system. 
government bullshit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that what it's called now? Might as well be. Oh, okay. It's another one of those sarcastic moments that uh, yeah. is really, you know, that, really not all that sarcastic. It's like, no, it's, it's more true than false. Yeah. 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 Sure. Never mind. Okay. All right. Well, today is Thursday. Gosh, February 1st. Flying by. So, uh, I guess everybody have a good weekend. Uh, thanks for joining us on an, another episode and check us out on an inquiry into freedom.com. And I will see you Tuesday. Okay. Right. Hasta la vista. Bye bye. <laughs>